0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. It's good to have you again. And once again, rather quickly, we have Mike McMahon from Roll Call for Freedom back with us. Uh, I think we did the podcast, uh, the first one, about a week ago. And I said, I got to have you come back on, Mike, because uh, they deleted that particular episode off of YouTube. It's on other platforms, and I'm going to steer everybody to it real quick. It's a good podcast. We covered a lot of stuff, but I think we said a little too much, you know, for them to handle. So it's it's fine. It's fine. We're going to tell you right now where to find the podcast, that, that episode. We want you to go see it or watch it, listen to it. But then we're going to talk about something else. We're going to talk about the burden of knowledge. This was something that we addressed real quickly in the last episode all the way at the end. But uh, Mike McMahon is from Roll Call for Freedom. You can find him on Instagram at Roll Call for Freedom. And his backup is at ro- Roll Call for Freedom 2.0. He's a police officer. He started Roll Call for Freedom out in L.A. And um, he's advocating against mad mandates. He's also going to be running for assemblyman in his district. Now, uh, for those of you who might just be coming onto to this podcast for the first time, My name is Fred Moore. I'm a firefighter in New Jersey, and uh, you can find me at Steel Mace Nation. Um, That's on Instagram. But I also have another handle called at the Freedom Variant. The podcast is on YouTube. It's also on Spotify and all the other audio platforms. But under Freedom Variant, if you go to Rumble, that's where the video goes for some of these podcasts that get deleted from YouTube, like the one we just did with Mike not that long ago. So if you go to Rumble and you search the Freedom Variant, you can see that video there. So uh, the podcast we did on Steel Mace Nation uh, was episode 142, Roll Call for Freedom. And I encourage everybody to go listen to that uh, after you listen to this one, because we talk in great detail you could go listen to it on spotify or you could check it out on rumble um let me see anything else No, that's it so mike thanks for coming back on if this is the first time somebody's uh finding out about you and us talking um just give a brief idea of what roll call for freedom is about yeah thanks Fred for
1: having me back on uh so I, like you alluded to, I'm a 14 year veteran of the Los Angeles Police Department. Uh, I'm currently suspended without pay since, um, since November 3rd of last year for refusing to acquiesce to the city of Los Angeles's uh, COVID mandate. Uh, whereas uh, as a condition of my employment, they stated that all city workers have to be vaccinated. Um, So I had turned in my gun and my badge, had my police power suspended, and right now I'm going through a uh, a sort of tribunal within the department, uh, fighting for my job. Um, Back in, at the end of August of last year, after, you know, we were getting word that the, uh, the mandates were coming down, Several several of us got together and we formed roll call for freedom. Myself, two other officers, and one of their wives, and we saw this as something that was greater than all of us combined. Uh, A lot of the people were saying, "Well, I'll just submit a a religious exemption; I'll be fine." Uh, But for but for the small group of us that saw past that, we saw that as we saw the, the mandates as a gigantic governmental overreach. And we weren't okay with that. So we decided to stand up against it. And that's how Roll Call for Freedom was formed. You know, um, uh, a lot of the people in our group uh, are in the same boat that I am. Whereas me personally, I could not um, submit a religious exemption because I refuse to um, provide the city with a piece of paper. Whereas I'm stating, you know, I'm begging them to allow me to work with their conditions because I feel like it's a slippery slope. Once I, once you put that in, and then the department or the city can continually move back the goalposts and demand more and more of you and rob more and more of your civil liberties from you. So that's where Roll Call for Freedom started in a nutshell. Okay, now real quick, when you're saying you didn't want to um,
0: submit a religious exemption, You're seeing that as a way that they could chip away at your rights if you do submit it?
1: Yeah. How how so? Well, I think it's more more along the lines, and I'm not trying to trivialize this at all, but I think it's more along the lines of keeping you as, as a slave, right? If you submit a religious exemption, you are begging them to allow you to keep working under their own conditions. We're sovereign men, we're sovereign women. We are in control of our own bodies, and that's why this 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 group has been formed because we believe in the sovereignty of ourselves. Once you lose these, once you lose these rights that are guaranteed by God, if you if you believe in a deity, our rights come from the, the Creator. They do not come from the government. The government was put in place to make sure that our rights are still intact. Right. Right. That you're basically protectors of our rights. Yeah. Leave us alone. Yeah. Right. So that's that. Yeah, that if that answers your question. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. no, I I like your your stance on that. That's a strong American stance. That is the right idea, man. Um, The the reason why that piqued my interest is because when my daughter started school, we submitted a um, religious exempt for, you know, because we didn't want to get her vaccinated. Um, This is a few years ago now. And I didn't think anything of it, but, you know, it's like everybody has a right to their religion in this country and no questions asked. And you shouldn't have to answer any questions about what your religion, you could keep it a secret if you want, you you know, that this is one thing about our country. All these people came from Europe for religious freedom, which the one of the freedoms is you don't have to ask permission. That's that's freedom. And you just made me realize, like when I when I when we submitted that religious exempt for my daughter, we were playing by their little standard, their little rule. And I should have said it's none of your business. Why? That's what I should have said. But I like I like that.
1: I like I'm, that. St- it's always twenty twenty. You know, you do what's best for you. Right? Yeah, right. right. And I don't fault anyone for for making their own decisions one of the the key tenets of roll call for freedom is that you should be free to choose what you want to do not be told yeah
0: and i think that you know that's a lot of people are missing that you know they think that we're we're beholden to these elected people we've elected these people they're not our kings or their queens when they're not here to lord over us right no yeah so i mean this is you're you're generating an idea that they're, they're, a lot of patriots would totally agree with you um most of them would if they're a real patriot um, right but but to, to reach a little deeper into the masses maybe people who aren't thinking on strong patriotic levels this is definitely something to think about and you know as you you mentioned god-given rights well even if somebody isn't quite religious, and maybe they're agnostic, maybe they're, you know, an atheist. They do have to understand that this country was founded by people who did believe in God, and then they set the order. They said, "Well, wait a minute. We're we're not going to um, set standards that are given by men because men are flawed. Men will." always make mistakes, they act emotionally. We're going to go one step up. We're going to go to a higher level and then they have the Bible there. The, you know, so this is where they're getting their truth from. Uh I think Leviticus is on the liberty bell. Like, you know, if if you ever read Leviticus, it's mind-blowing. Um but the point is you don't have to necessarily believe in a deity, but understand where all these ideas did come from. And I think that if you bypass the government and say, look, our truth is coming from a higher power, you're always going to be in a better position than, say, you know, China, where they don't want you to believe in a God. They want you to believe in their system. And they believe. want you to, yeah, they want you to believe in a man who is flawed, who, who, who is going to eventually fall like we all fall.
1: So that's. No, I, I, I 100% agree with you. I, you know, myself, I, I think I, I'm, I was raised, I was born and raised Roman Catholic, but, you know, through different events throughout my life, I'm more of like a agnostic right now. But that doesn't even matter. You know, I could, I could worship a tree and it still wouldn't be the government's um, business. You know right. what I mean? Uh, You know, I could be like Mo from the Simpsons and I'm a, you know, Hey Homer, I'm going to, I was born a snake handler and I'll die a snake handler. It doesn't matter. Right. The government needs to stay out of our business. And that's, that's what it comes down to. You know, we've given away too many of our freedoms to the government. You know, people, people prefer that. What is it called? Like peaceful slavery. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and, and it's just, we're too dependent on the government and we're, we've gone away from ourselves. But one of the things, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the economist um, Thomas Sowell, right? Yes. Amazing thinker, you know, he once said it's like, no one will really understand politics until they understand that politicians themselves are not trying to solve our problems, right? They're trying to solve their own problems, um, two of which is getting elected and then getting elected. And somewhere in there, you know, he essentially says, like, your problems are, you know, three, four, five, and six down there. Politicians only care about themselves, right? And as you, as you stated, you know, I'm running, I'm going to run for the state assembly. In my my job, it's true, yes, I do want to get elected, but I'm only there for a two-year period. I'm there to do the people's business. I'm not there to seek other, uh, another term, right? God willing, if I get into that office and the people deem that i do a good enough job i'd be honored to but i have a two-year term to do the people's business and that's all i care about yeah right and you, then you if you do get
0: re-elected it's just another two-year term to do the people's business and provided you keep delivering you keep getting reelected. and if not you get ejected that's the way it's supposed to work right Supposed to work absolutely uh, I'm going to keep reminding everybody through the podcast here that we really, you know, dove deep into mandates and um, how dangerous mandates are. You know, and I encourage everybody to go listen to that episode because we say things that we're not going to say today because of fear of censorship. And um, I've ever since that video got taken down, Mike, I've been on this censorship tirade. Um, you know, and I even realized, you know, uh, because I, my part-time work is in the fitness industry and I, and I said, you know, it'll, there'll come a day, right? Right now, the censorship is about mandates and that thing that they stick inside your body, that squirts stuff inside you that I can't say that actual word. Um, it, it, once, once that's. Sealed. Then they're going to move on to the next thing. They're going to censor and and I was thinking everybody in the fitness industry how they talk about um, you know fighting obesity and and um, building confidence with weights and don't eat processed food and and basically a lot of against the establishment type of talk. And I realized the fitness industry one day will be on the chopping block as far as censorship is concerned, because you'll say something about obesity and they'll say that's offensive language because you're offending somebody who's overweight. So therefore your video is deleted and you know, that's going to hurt people's businesses. And I don't, I don't know if people in the fitness industry are taking me seriously right now. Um, but you know, there is that you you know, I notice you're good at remembering quotes and and all that stuff. Maybe you can fill this in for me, but there's that, um, uh, that quote about communism where first they came for the the jews but i wasn't a jew and and i didn't say anything and then
1: they came for the, the yeah. gypsies yeah For I, was, I think it was first they came for the socialists and okay. i didn't say anything because i wasn't a socialist and then it goes so on and so forth yeah that was written by a, a rabbi during the holocaust in one of the internment camps in germany um but it's true you know it, it's funny that you mentioned that because i i had been thinking of that several months ago and Um, I sort of on my Instagram, on our, on our Instagram page, I sort of reworked it because I made it more, uh, more applicable to today's society. You know, I said, first they came for the soldiers, which they are, I didn't say anything because I wasn't a soldier and then they came for our kids and I didn't say anything because I because I'm not a child. And then lastly, I said, then they came for the police and I didn't say anything because I wasn't the police. And then they came for me. Yeah. There was nobody to speak up for me. So right. that's it it's just that's it it. that's, that's two thousand twenty one two thousand twenty two in a nutshell
0: yeah, absolutely now um as far as the two things I just read the other day that the military they had a, a good win, you know from our point of view, they had a good win, and then I also saw a video which I sent to you uh from Firefighters for Freedom, where they were talking about new york city oh, yeah. Mayor Adams basically saying he, you know, uh, we're not going to give people's jobs back uh, because it would be unfair to those who, um, you know, who 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 went and got the the jab. I hope I could say the jab. Please don't delete me. Um, so that's a loss. But in the military, there was uh, something I read that they they said, you know, we're not going to pursue giving people that pointy sticky thing that goes inside your body and squirts stuff
1: inside you. So awkward to have to change your, your talking, huh? Yeah. Uh yeah, I saw that. You know, uh, Jeff is a pretty good dude uh, with firefighters. Um, and yeah, I I haven't heard anything like that with LA, but seeing how it's LA and New York are so sort of intertwined in their in their own, you know, group think and in politics, I, it'll it, it'll probably be applicable to us if and when the mandates are lifted if and when we win our lawsuits yeah they're not gonna do you think they want egg on their face right No. i right. know they're gonna double again double down on dumb and they're gonna say well yeah no it's not fair for everybody else right it but it but we don't open it fear it where fear trumps trumps our freedoms you know, and that's that's the pathetic thing.
0: Yeah, it, it would it would really be a problem for them if they said, "Ah, never mind, everybody, just go back to doing what you're doing." Because a bunch of people are going to come out and say, "Wait a minute, you yeah. said I had to do this, and I did it, and now you're not following through with the rest of them." That would almost sound like a lawsuit to me.
1: Yeah, yeah, because you know, you have it, it. It almost to me seems like the city would have to recognize and accept liability for what happens henceforth. And they're not going to accept liability. You know, there was, there's some articles that were circulating around that are are saying basically, I think we touched on it the other day, employers in the insurance companies, if you remember, right. uh, They're just going to say, you know, Hey, that guy did it." It, it. You know, it's like, they're just going to point at each other and nobody's going to take responsibility, but you'll be left with, you know, holding the bag at the end.
0: Yeah. So, you know. do
1: you, do,
0: what do you, what do you think though? I mean, just like if you could wave a magic wand right now, would you settle for just, okay, look, it happened. We're going to go back to doing what we were doing. We're going to leave everybody alone. Just everybody stop. Don't come after us. We won't go after you. Would that be acceptable?
1: Uh, from an employment st-
0: standpoint mm. or just the governmental I'm from our standpoint
1: honestly no no it wouldn't be enough because i i think that what is happening to us as a collective whole is the worst travesty that's ever befallen the human race to be honest with you yeah, yeah. i'm not saying that lightly i think this is the worst this is the worst thing to, to ever happen to humanity yeah, you're not the only one that and think, has said that. And I think it's it'll be quite evident in the next year and a half, two years. Yeah. If, if we still have a country by that time.
0: Yeah, right. So it's heavy. This is heavy. I agree with you, man. I agree with you. Hey, when I wake up in the morning, if if I don't do the right thing with my head first thing, and I start thinking about what you just said, my whole day is shot, man. Yeah. So, But I did – I did have some, some, you know, I don't know if I was depressed, but I wasn't myself. Yeah, I wasn't myself, but I, I kind of like steered myself out of it. And and this is a perfect time to segue into this conversation. Um, I think this is important, and this is mm-hmm. something that we should share with people. You know, the burden of knowledge. Like, there's people out there listening to us right now, and they agree exactly what you just said too. I mean, there's some dark, dark stuff being said. Yeah. And if it's true, it's – it's. It, I mean, they they never made a science fiction movie as dark as this, what we're living through. So that burden of knowledge and then to have to carry on, wishing maybe I should eat the blue pill and go back to living my little fantasy world. And But we know we can't. We know that that, that box is open now. We know what's inside. Yeah. So I, I think me and you can speak just out of our own personal – like we're not – psychotherapists or doctors. So we're not going to aid people in that way, but just speak from the heart. And we could talk about how we, um, deal with it so that we could carry on and be strong throughout our day. Because I mean, you're rolling strong, man. You know, you, 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 and you said it yourself in the last episode, your health has gone down the tubes and so has mine. Um, you know, Oh, And I'm sure everybody's doing this. Everybody's feeling this, you know, and your health is your number one thing. Once your health goes, it starts to spiral out of control. Your mindset starts to go because you don't feel good anymore, right? And then your mind starts to go. It's, it, could be, it could be very debilitating. So what are some of the ways that you counteract the, the burden of knowledge?
1: Yeah, it's uh, – the, the burden of knowledge is great, you know, when you, when you, when you take that red pill – and again, like, you like, you commented on on my T-shirt this morning, and I I, I was I always think about it, you know, because um, in Orwell's novel, you had the main character Winston. You know, I mean, the whole novel is basically gaslighting, and that's what that's what's happening to us, you know. And in one part of it, you know, there was this quote that said, you know, um, there was truth, and then there was untruth, and if you clung to the truth even against the whole world, you're not mad, right, and that is, that's the importance of 1984, Is holding on to your, your common sense, right, knowing and seeing through the lies, and that's, that's what carries me, education is what carries me through this, because we talk, when we talked in the last episode I was you know I was telling you at the very beginning, I was afraid, I was afraid of what was happening and then I started educating myself. So the to car- to carry through and to keep educating myself to you know the things that I'm I'm seeing that I'm being peppered with at all times, it's important for me to sort of get out in front of it to alleviate whatever stress I have. You know, my, my, my health itself, it's, it's more so of, um, it's not, I'm not depressed. I'm not, you know, I'm sad for the world. You know, I think anybody would be, but it's how I deal with the stress. Cause I keep moving and I'm pushing forward. Right. And, and that's what helps me a lot. And thankfully I've got a great support system with my, my kids, uh, their mom, Uh, she's a hundred percent behind what I'm doing. And if I didn't, if I didn't have that, you know, it might be a different story, but I'm also more so Fred of a, I'm, I'm pretty banged up from this job, right? This job is really, it really takes a toll on your body Mm -hmm. between herniated disc and, and shoulders and all this other stuff that I got going on. Sometimes it's hard to get out of bed, but I'm more of a holistic. I take more of a holistic approach to my health. You know, uh between supplements and uh you know, I do a lot of red light therapies and cryo. I do uh I don't know if you've ever had sea moss, but you know oh, it's, I've been hearing it's a lot about that. Amazing. It's it tastes like garbage. That means it works. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So I, I I, have a I found a woman in Atlanta that makes fresh sea moss using kangen water and things of that nature, and I have it, I have it shipped to me out here in California. And the thing does wonders, man. It is amazing stuff. I want know? to try that. Do
0: you want to uh, give your your uh, connection in Atlanta a little shout out?
1: So, um. uh, well, there's there's one out here. Let me find it towards the end. I can't think of her uh, right now, right. but because um, I always buy in bulk, uh, buy in bulk. It's like it's like eighty dollars a jar, and so I always buy like three or four to last me. It's pretty How- expensive. How long does it last? Like a jar? How? Must long be like 30 days. Oh, so it's yeah. $80 a month. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. I, I,
0: I could afford that because what I'm going to do is just tell my daughter yeah, can she can't afford
1: that. I could what? So you still have a job, so you can afford that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, and I'm going to tell my daughter she can't watch TV anymore. I'm cutting the cable. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> just go read a book, kid. I got to eat some sea moss. Yeah, <laughs> but... um. Yeah, no, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's how you perceive yourself and how you in the energy that you put out into the world, you know, I mean, I don't trust the allopathic method of, of, of medicine any longer. You know, I'm more of the homeopathic And um, one of the, actually one of the best things that I've done for myself is sort of a, a whole body detox using a product called TRS. Um, it's a, it's a naturally occurring, uh, zeolite. Which go which you take as a spray and it comes in and it and it attaches itself to all the heavy metals in your body, and you just basically vacate it out, you know, through your urine. Mm-hmm. And that man, that has done wonders for not only myself, but I also give it to my children. And it's 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 something to behold. So it's called TRS
0: S, T R S, yeah. and it's a spray, you spray it in your mouth and
1: um, how quickly did you notice it working? Uh, well, you you'll get a headache the first couple of days while it, while you're getting adjust, while it's getting adjusted to your to your body. It's just a small headache, okay. uh, but you know, like uh, my kid's mom was always commenting, like because I've been on it for probably almost three years now, and uh, and you'll see like your eye color will change. It'll lighten up a couple of shades. Um, because I mean you look outside, especially here in Southern California, you look outside and it is chemtrail city, right? All that chafe that they're spraying out in the air. where right. you breathe it all in, right? And you take it all in. And um, you know, what's one of the only heavy metals that can pla- that can pass through the blood-brain barrier is you, you know, aluminum, yeah. right? So it take it, it, it it's it, you find it in I'm kind of getting off topic here. I apologize, but you find it in volcanic ash, right? Um, and so it just goes in, think of a bubble and think of that he- piece of heavy metal. It just goes in and envelops it and then right out your body. It's pretty, it, it's pretty amazing. I recommend it to everybody.
0: You know, you've mentioned the eye color thing. And when I was a teenager, this, this is, I never thought about this until you just said, it. it's crazy, man. It was so many years ago. Um, I had a friend. I was over the house all the time, and and I would talk to the mom. You know, she was a friendly lady, and she's looking in my eyes, and she's like, "What color are your eyes?" And I said, "They're they're like blue, blue green." She goes, "No," I. She goes, "I thought something was wrong," and I go, "What do you mean?" She, I'm like, what? <laughs> "What are you talking about?" She's like, "They're like gray."
1: Yeah,
0: and I'm like, "Gray?" I'm like, "No," and I even ran to the mirror. I'm like, "No, nah, no, nah, they're fine." So she says, you're not eating enough vegetables. And I said, probably not. So I freaked me out. I went and I ate vegetables. And then like a couple of weeks later, I went back there and she's like, oh, I see. Are you eating vegetables? I said, yes. I was like, are, are they back to the normal color? And she goes, yes, I could see like the blue green. Yeah. And that I never thought about that. I just thought it was something coincidental. And you just said that. And that just, wow, unbelievable. So. That's interesting. So are, other than taking supplements and stuff, do you exercise?
1: I exercise as often as I can. I'll be honest. I, I, I should exercise more, but I don't, right. um, you know, I, my body, like I said, my body is really jacked up from this job and it's uh, you know, I, I can't always, I can't always get motivated to, and yeah. I should, I've been home long enough. I should be, I should be exercising every day, but you know, I okay. can say if I want to but yeah but but you do acknowledge that that's a great way to oh reduce my God, yeah. stress and everything. Absolutely. You know, even if it's just a 20-minute walk. Yeah. You know, it's going to clear my head because you know, I since I've been going through this ordeal uh, with the with the department and you know the facing termination, you know, I've battled through bouts of of insomnia, mm-hmm. you know, cuz my mind will be so full of of ideas and words and you know um you know if i have something big coming up like this this sunday uh here in la we have the defeat the mandates rally which was the the same people that put on the one in, in washington dc um about a month and a half ago and i was one of, i'm one of the uh invited guest speakers and so like you know last night i just laid awake thinking about like oh god what am i gonna say And so i'm, I'm running through these gettysburg addresses inside my head and you know, I couldn't sleep. So yeah,
0: that's, that's similar to me. Um, anytime. I mean, you know, I mean, look, we're talking on a podcast. Obviously, we're not that shy, but I, I take it so seriously, especially if I got to get up in front of a group of people, talk. And right. um and yeah, I'll wake up at two o'clock in the morning and, and I can't fall back to sleep. And sometimes you get good ideas in the middle of the night, but I'd rather not get them at all. I just want to sleep. And uh, I mean, I've had moments where i've woke up in the past six months or so i wake up I, I it's quiet i look at my wife you know she's sleeping and the thoughts i'm having are you know doomful like i'm just thinking about all this shit and i it's like oh man and i gotta get up and go get a drink of water and and then um kind of get it out of my system and then then i can fall back to sleep and then one of the other things is that um like, I was I was having trouble I, I'm an exercise freak yeah. I work out all the time and then I was having these terrible workouts like I would maybe last 10 or 15 minutes and the, the whole 10 or 15 minutes was just not not even a good workout to begin with and then I would just fall on my f- face flat and I would leave and then I get in my truck and then I get back on my phone and look at stuff and and it was just depressing. So one thing that I realized is try to get out the door and exercise first thing in the morning and don't look at your messages. Don't read any stuff at all. Just pretend you're blue pilled. Like pretend you're blue pilled for the, the beginning of the morning. Exercise, eat right, get some fresh water in your system, you know, a cup of coffee, eat, take care of yourself. And then get into whatever it is that you have to do you know educating yourself speaking to people um trying to network and everything but it'll feel better it'll feel better you'll you did some something good for yourself you did something healthy for yourself your body responds to the exercise um in a favorable way it puts you actually in a better position to do all the stuff that we would call like negative stuff dealing with dealing with the um empire strikes back situation we're, we're yeah, I think
1: it. one of the other things that that's important in my life. And, um, I didn't realize it if I didn't realize it, uh, that I've done it almost all of my life is that, um, you know, I fast, mm. you know, fasting has an incredible healing, uh, property to it. You know, it lets your body, you know, when, it, when I wake up in the morning, it's a glass of water and then I have a black coffee and that'll that'll sustain me until usually around four o'clock in the afternoon. Wow! Uh, and so I I typically will fast at least twenty four to twenty six hours. Okay, um, and how often do you do every, that? Every day. Every day.
0: Oh wow! And then and then do you just like crush pizzas and buffalo wild wings?
1: <laughs> no, you know I mean I've never. I have never succumbed to cravings. I don't have cravings. Yeah. I don't crave sweets. I don't crave chocolates. I don't crave cookies or anything like that. I, I have basically a sensible dinner. I really enjoy cooking. And, and, you know, and my boys, my boys really like my cooking as well. So, you know, I mean, I grew up on the East Coast. What do we do? I mean, we're out there barbecuing in the middle of blizzards, right? Yeah, yeah up that's, in Boston, that's what, right? That's what, yeah, that's what we do. You know, you, you, you brush away the snowdrift. And you 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 brush off the the Weber. Yeah. Well I'm out there, I love to grill, man. Um, and you know, it's while I can still afford chicken and steak, my boys are eating chicken and steak, and I'm making really good healthy meals for us and, and good choices. So um fasting and home cooking is, is is really great because the fasting helps you clear your mind, you know. Yeah. Um it I think everybody is so in the In the world of of CV, um, everyone is is really suffering from the brain fog, Mm -hmm. right? And, you know, I have it sometimes too, but the fasting helps me to alleviate that. The deep breathing, the grounding, right? If you can find a patch of grass, stick your feet in it, right? Mm -hmm. You know, Mother Earth has incredible healing properties and the energies. It helps. It helps out a lot. Um, you know, I, I also like to meditate when I'm feeling really stressed out. Um, but that's, that's about, that's my thing. You know, I, I wish I worked out more, but I'm not going to lie to you and say like, yeah,
0: but no, you do a lot. I mean, even meditating, which, um, I've done podcast episodes with people because I'm curious about meditating because I suck at it. Um, but I'm more like um, an active meditator. If, if I go mountain biking, I could get lost. You know, I zone out on the, on the trail. And then when I swing a mace, same thing happens. But I don't think it's necessarily the same thing um, as sitting quietly and, and regulating your breath. And, and like when the thoughts creep in, you just kind of sit with them like you're supposed to do i start to fall apart pretty quick but i know it's a process it starts with 30 yeah. seconds to a minute
1: and then it gets longer and longer and longer the thing that i love too is the healing tones of nature the 432 you know the the i think what is there i think there's there's a bunch i think there's seven altogether but four four hundred 432 hertz is the healing tone yes yes uh you know it's like if you, if you know your music, you know, they'll always say like Bob Marley always recorded in 432. That's why listening to the Whalers is like, oh, this is really like, really, you know, and Hendrix was supposed to have recorded in 432. Uh, not Ronnie James Dio like you were listening to yesterday, but, um, you know, it's, uh, so yeah, I like listening, I like listening when I feel stressed out, there's, uh, if you actually go on YouTube, there's 10 hour blocks of a healing tone video that will yeah. just- you know, and I will put, I, I put it on. I typically don't like. I don't like. I don't sleep with the my phone activated. I always turn it off, and uh, because obviously I, I'm, I'm not into the uh, you know the whole G, um, and we're so inundated out here in Southern California by all those towers. I I've I've got an inordinate number of towers near within uh, a three mile perimeter of my house. And it's just, it's ridiculous.
0: Yeah. It's a little freaky, isn't it? I mean, I know a lot, there's a lot of conspiracy theories about, you know, what they're doing with those and everything, but even if you just strip away all that and you go down to some basic stuff, they're basically microwave towers. And, uh, you know, and I remember when we got our first microwave, <laughs> You yeah. know, we got it. It was back in 1983 or something. And my father put the food in and he said, he, he hit the button. It's a quick, everybody run out of the kitchen. Like we were doing an x-ray at the dentist. It's like office. an x-ray check, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we're like, you know, cooking our food, like hiding in the other room because even back then, people kind of knew, oh, what is, what's shooting around? Like, how's this shit getting hot? And right. there's no flame. So they're shooting that stuff around. How's counter- the outside of this shit getting hot and the middle is still getting <laughs> you <know>? up? <laughs> That's right. Right. <laughs> very freaky. Very, very weird. And people have that, intuition you know you you get that that feeling something's not cool here we people have gotten more accustomed to their microwave ovens but uh yeah when you have a tower outside your house you got to realize it's all radio frequencies firing off and it's it's shooting through us and there's i don't know nobody seems to be taking it seriously enough that they want to look into it of course why would they if if um if they found it was bad what would they do take it all down and everybody stop using cell phones and crush an
1: entire industry. That can't happen. Well, do I need to have, well, do I need to have a, uh, you know, a video download a nanosecond faster on a different, on a different radio frequency wave? No, there's nothing wrong with, there was nothing wrong with 3g. There's nothing wrong with 4g. Yeah. Just, you know, why do I need 5g? I mean, uh, it, you know, Israel is is credited with creating the 5g and they banned it in their own country. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, I, I I haven't used a microwave in four years, you know, like I won't let my kids eat microwave food and I haven't had microwave popcorn or, you know, I haven't cooked a pizza in the, it, it's, I just stay away from it.
0: You know, yeah, my but, wife makes popcorn for my daughter on the stove. Yeah. And when she's done, it's a disaster. And I get done clean. I, I have to clean it up, but I laugh to myself because I'm like. Old fashioned, man. They did it the old fashioned way. I'm so happy about that, and I just wipe it up. And yeah. only I know how to cook, clean
1: my stove the right way.
0: I don't, my wife, she does other things good, but not that.
1: Yeah. Oh, you got that six burner chrome job, and uh, what are they? The Viking stoves, you know? Yeah, right.
0: Well, close, but uh, I'm working my way up to that one. <laughs> Must be nice. Must be. Nice. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I mean, these are ways. These are ways that you could take care of yourself. Um, and as far as you know, educating yourself on on the topic at hand between the, the jibby jabby thing and the mandates and everything, how do you keep yourself from going down the rabbit hole of endlessness that seems to be out there with this stuff? Like, do you just settle on a few good reference points or do you just go hog wild and soak it all up? At this point, I at this point.
1: I love the rabbit holes. Okay. I mean, yeah. there's a point where I'll just stop digging for the night, but I mean, why not? You know, it's, if, if I, it, like we talked about before, and we're on the topic, you know, there's the burden of knowledge. Why not be more knowledgeable?
0: Yeah.
1: And, you know, is it like we talked about last time? Do I wish I was more like Cypher from the matrix? Sure. Sometimes I do, but I mean, it only helps to, it only helps to edge. To educate yourself is to be able to educate other people, right? And if I one of the one of the things that um, one of my greatest achievements on this on on the job as a police officer is um, a couple of years ago, I talked a man off of a freeway overpass. Nice, and uh, it was one of the most incredibly um, emotional experiences I've ever been I've ever gone through. And you know it's four level overpass. The guy's up there having a bad day, but the thing that got him talking to me is the fact that I know I know a little bit about a lot of subjects. Yeah, right. And you just key in on a couple of things that he says. Oh, hey, I know exactly what you're talking about. And and I, and you know the eventuality of him, he 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 uh, he trusted me, and he ended up coming down. You yeah. know, and. I, you know, we took him into custody and, and put him on a, uh, what's called a, um, a 5150 hold here in, in California, uh, just a 72 hour hold. But that was the most emotional thing I had ever gone through. Yeah. You know, I, I as soon as, as soon as he was in the back of the car, I just had to step aside and I, I like broke down, but it's like, but, but would I have been able to connect with him if I, if I didn't constantly try to learn about certain subjects you know and that's what really helped me out
0: so yeah i agree with you there i i think we're both um like-minded on that you know they say you know jack of all trade master of none but um when you're a jack of all trade or in this case knowledgeable about a little bit of everything you could easily and seamlessly slide in and out of different social circles and 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 i i mean you could well you're running for assemblyman you're going to be you know talking to a whole other set of people that you know are different they have different stories and different education levels or whatever that are different than say you know the guy's back at work or something like that and that you're just gonna find those uh, key in on what it is that they're talking about because you have some knowledge of something and it and then there's your ability to uh dialogue you know so i mean what i usually do is um if, if they're, if they're the one that's more knowledgeable about something, and I just know enough, well, then I'm just going to ask them questions and then learn from them. And then they're going to love it because they get to talk about something that they like to talk about. Right. You know, that's what, that's what people love. They, they want to be, they want questions and nobody, nobody really wants to stand there and listen to you talk. They want to, they want to talk. Right. So it, it's a beautiful thing. You know, that's, that's, and I think, as far as you know, dealing with the burden of knowledge, um, being able to uh, talk between different groups on different levels is is um, huge because everybody comes in at a different level. Like if we just had a, a fresh new person come in on our side here, they might not be ready for the the deep, heavy stuff. But you know, we talk to them, and and they get they get to know that they can explore these things. Right. Yeah.
1: You know, you kind of think of yourself as uh, think of yourself as like the, the, the axle on a wagon wheel, you know, you've got all these spokes that come out from it. You could be that, you know, you're that centered because you can, you can relate to all these different types of people by knowing and educating yourself. And then you can essentially bring those people all into you where you can spread your, your message or, or do whatever whatever you need to, you know, I think last time we talked about doing something similar, you know, you, you your job in this day and age is to go out and, and, and get people to understand the message that you're trying to put out to, to teach. Right. And, um, you know, I think, I think this, this podcast is a really great way to do that. Um, and I think you're bringing, you're bringing awareness to a lot of different issues and you're doing your part in, in the fight going forward you know, and I, I really applaud that. So, you know, oh. it's a, it's a much braver thing than I would probably have done. You know, I, I toyed around with like, Oh, should I, do I want to do a podcast? But it's hard, man. And I really, my hat, my hat goes off to you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I was doing
0: the the Steel Mace Nation podcast for several years and it was, you know, it was tough in the beginning because I wasn't good at it really. And I, I don't think I'm still better than a lot of podcast hosts out there, but, um, you know, and I, it was, you know, it, it grew slowly. It th- I don't have a huge following like other big podcasts, but I realized I was getting more and more comfortable with, um, just talking on the fly, not having something set up and just going with it. And, um, and it's weird because now when all this stuff started happening in the political front and with, you know, CV and everything, um, I feel like all that, prior stuff was prep work to get me to here to be able to really hold my own and and talk and and i have no problem admitting to anybody that i don't know everything and i make mistakes all the time i might say something today in a podcast that i'm going to be having a double back on and and retract and then i don't care that's because i'm not afraid to talk and i'm not afraid to speak up to what the truth is and um this, if this is how I can help, then I'm, I'm right where I need to be. And it feels good, actually. And, and talking about dealing with the burden of knowledge. What's worse than having all this knowledge and then having no way to get into the fight? I think that's really the worst one, right? Just, just knowing stuff and then walking around and not being able to
1: execute. Yeah. You know, it, it's, uh, it's funny. I, I, feel, I felt the same way also uh, and i think i was telling you like when it, listening to dell big tree um at an event really really helped me with the the burden part because one of the things i stress to my boys and i have and, and i try to live it myself is you're never going to be good at something until you absolutely suck at it first yeah. right right and that's and that's the thing that i'm trying to impart on them you know whether it's on their nintendo or baseball or throwing a football around you're never going to be good at something until you suck at it first yeah. right and so that's that's how i started off you know when i was at when i was just starting off roll call i was the voice of roll call and i was really uneasy and like jesus what do i do now and right. and it's still it's still really uncomfortable for me because uh as a police officer you know i don't want to be on the limelight that's right. not my nature yeah. right um so, but you'll never change if you stay within, you know, the constraints of your own, of your own self. So it's always a work in progress, man. You know, it's like we always, we're always in this fight and we're always trying to better ourselves to in turn better others. Yeah, that's, that's well said. I, I agree with you and,
0: and um, you can't, you can't sit still. You got to keep moving forward and you have to get uncomfortable. You have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable Right. And um, and you know, I get. I, I just had a text message from somebody today, uh, a fellow firefighter who he's not vocal, but he hit me up. And maybe I want to ask you if if you have similar issues, uh, similar experiences. Uh, he said to me, "Um, you know, oh, you know, your your that episode got deleted from YouTube." And I said, "Yeah." I said, "You know, we said the wrong thing, and they they yanked it." And yeah. he said, What is terrifying is that you mean well, you're you love your country, you love your countrymen, and and you're a good guy, and this is what happens. And that made me feel so good just hearing from one guy, you know. It's but t- I, I saw the word terrify and I stared at it. He said it's terrifying. And then I said, Yes, it is terrifying. And then I realized I'm terrified. Yeah, I'm I'm terrified. And yeah, this is what two years in whatever and now i'm really realizing but it's the thing that's motivating me and i'm not i'll be terrified but i'm not running away i'm heading into battle and i'm willing on sticking this out and um and you you know you even said it yourself um as you're going through your process it's you're like i don't i feel uncomfortable where i'm at but isn't that
1: what you need isn't that the thing that drives you I think it drives us, especially in the first responder community, right? You yeah, have this yes. amount of fear to, to be afraid is to be self-aware in your own body into and, and it keeps you safe, right? Police officers run into gunfire. We run towards gunfire, right? Or for example, we run towards danger. So do firefighters, right? You run into a you know, you've got a three-alarm fire in a in a four-story building you know, you're going to take precautions first. You're going to be terrified, scared, scared shitless. Right. But it's because you're aware of that fear that you are able to take steps to ensure your safety. And that's Mm -hmm. that's what we do in this, in this fight as well. You know, same
0: thing. Now, do you get reach outs from guys like quiet guys who are just happy that you're stepping up, but they, they want to give you a little support, but they don't want to make themselves known to the rest.
1: Uh, yeah, I, you Mm -hmm. know, my, my partner still reach out to me, obviously. Um, and every once in a while, you'll get the, Hey, you're doing a great job. And you know, the, the silent majority backs you. Yeah. And to be hundred percent honest with you, I'm always like, F that. I don't, w- what good does that tell me? I'm out here or we're out here. All of us are out here fighting for everyone's constitutional rights but you're telling me that a silent majority backs me. Yeah, is that supposed to make me feel better? Because it, it, it doesn't, right? Yeah. I want that silent majority to be the vocal majority, right? I want them in the fight, telling me that they silently back me does nothing,
0: right.
1: you know. And and I, I don't know I, I always I always use this quote, and I don't know if I I don't remember if I did it last time, but um, there was a, a an Irish um, economist by the name of edmund burke and he said you know the greatest sin a man can commit in times of moral crisis is to do nothing out of fear of only doing a little bit mm-hmm. and i always think about that that when i read that quote you know it, it, it hit me like a ton of bricks it's like yes you're absolutely right people are afraid of doing nothing because they think they can only do a little bit right and then they end up doing nothing and I would rather have a thousand people believing that what the little bit that they're doing is helpful. Yes. than one person, you know what I mean? Cause we, you know, we, we, we can move mountains with a thousand people, right? It just takes the first stone. And um, so, yeah, when people tell me that the silent majority back me, what does it do? You know, it's you're placating me. Right. So there you go. I mean, if anybody's
0: listening and you're wondering, what should you do? Well, start speaking up. You know, how, how do you want to speak up? It's, it's up to you. You know, whatever makes you comfortable, uh, talk to, talk to the people around you first, your family and then your friends, the guys you work with, uh, reach out to, to me, or you could reach out to Mike, um, go to the, Go to Mike's website, rollcallforfreedom.com, and, uh, you know, you could find the contact info there, or you could just DM him at rollcallforfreedom on Instagram. You can reach out to me over here at Steel Mace Station and the Freedom Variant. Um, go to steelmacenation.com, get my email from there, or uh, just DM me. I'm always on my Instagram, going down those rabbit holes. Yeah, <laughs> But, yeah. Uh, reach out to somebody first if and you you, if you're kind of locked up you want to say something you want to do something but you got some concerns talk about it with us first you know reach out to firefighters for freedom that's another place You you know or reach out to your favorite politician who's saying all the right things that one of these politicians who's who's on our side that's you know looking to get elected and everything maybe they need help you know Maybe you could help put out chairs at an at an event forum and hand out flyers or something. You don't have to talk to anybody. Just go hand out flyers. But this is what we need. We need a call to action here. We need to get people out of their stuck groove and jump that track and start doing something. The the first little thing you do is the first step. It's the biggest step, but it doesn't have to be a lot. And then you'll gain momentum from there. That's guaranteed i can speak out of my own personal experience it's just getting started is always the hardest thing it's the same thing with working out right you gotta just even if it's the first 10 minutes uh that you wake up and you just do some push-ups it's not a lot but hey it's a start so that's i think that's a great way to leave off the podcast mike uh just encourage people to to jump on board somehow some way reach out right
1: and and it just to just to, uh, to clarify on that, you know, not everybody can get out there and be a volunteer. Not everybody can get out there and, and stand on top of a soapbox in the middle of Times Square and scream at the top of their lungs. But find something to do, whether it's, whether it's you know, face-to-face or whether it's with your time or whether it's with your your wallet, right? Donate to the, Donate to the people that are fighting for you. Volunteer with the people that are fighting for you. You can always find something to do one way or the other. Do not be part of the silent ma- majority, right? Because s- being silent is what got us here.
0: Yeah, exactly. Very good. All right, Mike, you know, that's, we're going to wrap it up. Um, I just want to let you know that the podcast we did do, the one that they deleted from YouTube, the people that um, I I sent it to, they they all loved it. They They thought you were great. Very interesting. They said, um, they said one of, one of the best podcasts you've ever done. <laughs> I was like, it's, I didn't do nothing. It was all Mike. Um, but yeah, I encourage everybody to go check out that episode. If you want to watch it on the video, go to rumble.com, type in the freedom variant, and it's like episode 11. And there's a whole, there's like 10 other episodes you could watch. You can watch episode number two, I believe, which was, I did an interview with an Australian. And um, he said what was going on in Australia. They deleted that off of YouTube.
1: And was he, that the he was, uh, Russian Cossack or no? Oh, okay, no, I don't know. There's, a, there's an Australian guy. I think he goes by the name of the Russian Cossack. Oh, and, really? Yeah, he's really cool. Uh, I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> go ahead.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Rumble or um, you know, go to YouTube and uh, I'm sorry uh, for that episode. You have to go to Spotify because it's on the audio file. Um, and then you can listen to it there. Listen to that one and please share it. And, you know, that, that one, we go a little bit deeper. We say words we're not allowed to say. We were very bad, you know, and we got spanked. I got one strike against me now. I, I think I get three strikes. So if this video gets deleted, then we know that they got a mark on you yeah that's true they probably do it's gotta be like you're gonna you're gonna set off a bell in the back of you. somewhere in youtube there's gonna be a bell going and they're gonna go up oh, that's that's mike mcmahon he's he's at it again oh he's on that stupid podcast
1: again and they're gonna delete it my fbi agent is watching right now
0: so <laughs> right your own personal fbi agent mike thank you once again and um good luck with everything
1: stay in touch And keep up the good work, brother. Appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity to come back on again. It's really, again, it's always really humbling for me. So this was a
0: lot of fun talking to you. All right, man. Take it easy. Thanks everybody for listening. Bye. Thanks, Fred.